Welcome back to another episode of the Field of 68 Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave here to talk you through another awesome day in college hoops. And my video is turned off. Oh, no. Where'd he go? Come back, Kai. (laughs) I got to get it back. I got to get it back. Ah, Struggling. Hey, you know what? see your face. Your face is not relevant. While I work on this, I'm going to pass to Jim for a takeaway from yesterday. Jim, what do you got? I'd love to give you a takeaway. Kai, I was impressed by SMU. Uh, our, our pal Jared Burstyn up from baby. ESPN had the stat, Matt. Do you know this? Houston has never lost under Calvin Sampson when they shoot 50% or better from the field until last night. They shot 54% and SMU still beat them, as the chat mentioned. Came back from down 13. That small ball lineup was very potent offensively, Matt, and they went 1-3-1 zone in the second half. And it yeah, kind like of messed with Houston. Um, they were going to get beat up on the glass either way. So changing defenses was definitely worthwhile. Right. Um, Kai or Matt, do you have a takeaway? Well, Matt is still, or, or Kai is still in a cave. I do. I have two, but just to comment on the Houston thing, shocked that SMU was able to go punch for punch them when Houston was just on fire. Like usually that's the cheat code for Houston. If they're actually making shots, they're basically invincible, but SMU, I mean, loved seeing King Kendrick, our, our, uh, our Messiah just attack off the dribble. Um, pretty, in fact, they're in transition, trying to get some early offense. Loved it. Happy for Tim Yankovic. Happy for Pony Express Nation, baby. We're back. Um, two quick takeaways. Overtime, we need to cancel it. I told Rob and Jeff offline. Screw overtime. We're canceling overtime. Just draws are fine. We have draws in the Premiership League. We have draws in soccer all over the world. We don't need to play overtime in the regular season. So takeaway one. Uh, two, Harvard. Very disappointing. Maybe the biggest game in Tommy Amaker's coaching career, like the last few seasons, I want to say. Um, you just lost to Yale, and now you have Yale coming back to your building. You have to win that game to stay in the Ivy League tournament hunt. I, mean, they're not, I don't think mathematically eliminated quite yet, um, but that's a huge blow, and it was a really sad effort, a game that basically never were competitive with. So um, Yale owns Harvard, and James Jones is better than Tommy Amaker. Yeah, Matt, there's a chance Harvard doesn't even make the Ivy tournament. Cornell's yeah, I think they're basically them, like it's, it's it's trouble for them. Yeah, they have to win out or close to, and they're gonna need some help too. Yeah, that's tough. Very upset by Harvard. Uh, all right, I'm not sure we're getting Kai back. He's having some issues. So Matt, let's just get into the outline. Let's do, let's do without it. him. We don't need him. It's fine. Uh, let's start with the big one in the Big Ten. This is Arizona at Purdue. Purdue at Michigan. That's Big Ten. How dare you? Uh, Matt, I actually wrote this up at Action Network, so I have some some takes. I have some stats here, but I'm going to go to you first. How are you looking at this game? I think the line's a little bit too high. Uh, I believe this game just closed, what, eight and a half or nine when they played not even a week ago. When was that game played again? Uh, Saturday. 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 Yeah, it was over the weekend. So just from a pure handicapping lens, I'm looking at it like that. I do like Michigan with the number. Uh, but I worry that Purdue maybe unlocked a new level, uh, a new gear with the Jaden Ivy thing. So I guess that is to say my current number and power rating with Purdue may not fully incorporate that, which is JB Ivy or Jaden Ivy just being a superhero, um, invincible, you know, super Mario star cheat code type of thing. That's my concern. I think Michigan's the right bet here, but I'm staying away because I was uh, jaw on floor watching Ivy go to work in the second half against a pretty vaunted uh, Illinois defense. Yeah, I I just I, I'm with you, Matt. I think the unlocking of the the gear. I mean, and since he went back in the starting lineup, Ivy is at 23, 7, and 6. That's what he's averaging. Like he's absolutely destroying uh him and ball screen has been terrific. And I think Hunter Dickinson defending ball screens is tough. He's not great in space. So 
the fact that Painter's going to that more, I think, makes Purdue a little bit more lethal. Matt, what I'm looking at here is the swing on the total. The first game only had 65 possessions. The total was 145 and a half. It opened 150. It's been bet down to 145, been hammered back to where the first game was. So I guess people are sort of buying into the fact that that one was too high. But do they still score that efficiently? That's my question to you. Do you think that that number moving that way is correct? Betting Purdue unders is terrifying. It is terrifying. And I think they usually get, I feel like Purdue first half unders are a better bet. That's completely anecdotal, but it seems like they've been running more in the second half um, when they either have a bigger lead and they let off the gas pedal defensively. Um, it's the game tends to open up and that's when Ivy has basically no limitations. He just kind of starts going pinball up and down the floor uh, as we saw a little bit against Illinois last game. So uh, maybe you look at that as a first half under second half over type of split. Yeah. I bet the big 10 unders you're right, Jim. It just, it looks like they're all good. And then um, there's these weird scoring bursts that I can't really handicap or I've had trouble handicapping, I suppose. Yeah. I, it's like teams want to slow them down. They know they need to keep them out of transition so that's what happens in the first half. And then in the second half, they're like, oh, we're still losing by eight. We got to start scoring somehow. And then it starts to, like you said, right. pinball up and down. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you're seeing the the actual YouTube feed, but we've got a just a real handsome picture of professional Kai filling oh, the third I'm void. Oh, i up right now. Let me see this. Yeah, so it's it's, it's you, me, and then a, a gentlemanly Kai grinning at our chat mob. I hope it's old Ian Y like professional mugshot picture I, I that we all got dressed up for. That was always fun. I believe yeah, that's the one. Kind of um, off-center. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Let's keep moving down the outline, Matt. Uh, I almost said this game accidentally before, but we're going way West Arizona at Washington, uh, Washington state. That is Matt. This feels a lot like Houston at SMU to me. It's a team that uh, has been good enough to be talked about as a bubble team in Washington state catching about a touchdown at home. And now they're taking on a one to two seed caliber team that hasn't actually have the biggest wins on their resume. So do you think Wazoo gets the big one it needs to actually put something on the resume and get in the bubble conversation. Uh, toward on this one, uh, clearly the market seemed to think Arizona runs rub shot over them. It opened at five and a half or six, been bet up to seven, uh, depending on where you saw the opening line. So yeah, laying a touchdown on the road at Pullman, tough place to travel to, especially with how good this Wazoo team is, Jim, or how big this Wazoo team is. What is your take on the uh, strength for strength, right? So I mean, Washington State on one hand has the size to combat Arizona, but then on the other hand, um, that's basically Washington State's only or usual edge, and that's going to be negated and then some by Arizona. So I guess, you know, you kind of can cut that, skin that cat two different ways. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, I've, I've talked about it in other places. They're going with that two, the double giant combo line or, or jumbo lineup with Ballo and Coloco more often. Coloco, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a major battle on the boards, but they mostly neutralize each other. It comes down to the wing and the guard play, Matt, and Creese has been... Good, but erratic. Erratic, for, for sure. Yes. And yep. him on the road is a lot less trustworthy than him at home when he's feeding off the crowd and kind of getting that right. confident, borderline cocky energy going. Uh, so I'm a little concerned there. Uh, do you think Washington State zones? I guess that's something you could do against Arizona State. Their shooting has not, or against Arizona, their shooting has not been incredible. And when you have Dale right. and Terry out there and two bigs that can't shoot, you're a little limited. So maybe spacing is an issue. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you, you will see some mix and match defense from Kyle Smith. And I think that actually makes me like the under. Um, I'm not really sure if it's going to work to the degree that Washington state can cover seven, just because I think Arizona, that's that good. But you look at the USC game played to 63 possessions. They lost by two at home. That was way back on December 4th. 
Um, and this Washington State offense is playing much better than, but I think the way that game played out, Kyle Smith, knowing that to keep this game close, he's going to have to limit possession. He's going to have to try and mix it up defensively. Probably bodes well for the under. And again, they have the horses up front to uh, to prevent a complete bloodbath at the rim that we saw Arizona just, you know, basically bully their in-state rival just last okay. game. That was tough. Matt, last, last thing before we move on. Do you know what Washington yep. State is ranked at Bart Torvik right now? Full season. I was getting my final comment was going to be Washington State and St. Mary's are two kind of analytic surgers that no one's talking about. I'm going to guess 25th. 20th 17th wow. 17th yeah they have data rate baby the data rate is coming yep just lacking those those top of the line wins that's what they need right now yeah and this is it tonight's it all right matt let's talk your blue devils let's go down to acc country they're heading to clemson i feel like this is perceived as a house of horrors for the blue devils but they're it only they're, they're six and four straight up and against the spread in their last 10 there now clemson's won three the last four that's that's part of the concern um but an interesting fact here, Matt, Clemson's basically been a home dog every time they play Duke, but every time they've covered, they've won. They have not kept it close and snuck inside the number. So you're basically picking the winner here. Ooh, do, you okay. think the blue, do you think the Blue Devils get upset? So I guess you're saying you should bet Clemson money line or you lay the points with Duke? That's um, that's kind of, yeah. It, they're, they're, in I'm the last that. 10, there has not been a game that landed in that that dog window. I need our guy, Rusty, uh, Rusty Hainline's take on the devils at Little John. It is a house of horrors, just anecdotally dating way, way back, uh, even before, you know, those last five or six seasons. Um, I think Duke bounces back and smokes him. So, I mean, I didn't take Duke against Virginia because I was worried about the coaching mismatch and um, the fact that Virginia style is a pretty solid kryptonite, especially to thwart, to thwart excuse me, Duke's offense. Um, but you're going to see these volatile game-to-game efforts and performances from Duke, right? I think you're going to see a lot of like the holy shit, Duke, holy shit, Duke, holy shit, Duke, lit- or in between littered with, what the hell is Duke doing? Why are they not playing? Like, like, like there, there's where you, they lose sort of their offense. There's no continuity. There's no real clear direction of what we're doing. Um, but I think you, you, you bet on the upswing here. You bet on a, a little bit of a pop from Blue Devils on the road. Yeah, that's, I, I wrote down Duke games are mostly about Duke. Like whether yeah, they're going they to decide. be high level Duke They dictate or, it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially like against Clemson without Tyson. I think that's concerning. Virginia came in very mature team that very much a plan to slow the game down. I'm not sure Clemson's going to have that same kind of structure to them uh, and resilience if Duke makes a run. So I'm leaning towards Duke the highest, even though they are uh, on the road at little John. All right. Next one before we, before we hit chat mob, I know Matt, you're probably uh, scrambling like me to try to manage. I'm all doing the it right now, questions. baby. I'm trying right, to catch up. Jesus. I would love I you guys, but a, slow it down. I will go on a monologue for you then. Give you a, give you a second. Talk uh, about right, yes, we've got, yeah, childhood. We've got great. Iowa at Maryland here. Um, I was a little bit surprised. You know, Iowa's definitely an analytics darling. They're up to 20th in Ken Palm, 23rd in Bart Torvik. And it doesn't feel like they're playing that well. So I filtered Bart Torvik for only playing top 100 opponents. So taking out the blowouts from previous uh, early in the season, and I was only 51st. That feels a little more accurate to me. Maryland's 84th uh, in that same metric. So if you're giving Maryland some home, which I think they deserve in College Park, uh, this feels more like a pick'em game to me, Matt. So yep, you're getting the yep. home dog. Uh, anything three or more, I think it's decent value for the Terrapins. Uh, I'm not sure if you agree. It sounds like you I do. do. I okay. do. No, I'm on Maryland plus four. I'm with you. I. I made my number. I was like, ah, I don't love Maryland. And I've been sort of throwing shade at their lack of home court juice, but that's, I've, that's been sort of uh, negated over the last few games. It seems like they've had a pretty strong crowd. Um, but, and then an open four is like, I don't think that's, that's disrespectful. I think to Maryland and Iowa, who's just not this been 
do- not been as dominant away from uh, Iowa City. I-, I think Maryland's a pretty good bet here tonight. I, I think this is kind of the-, the dog days of conference play where the big conference home court should start to play pretty strong, especially in a good spot. Um, and Maryland, I still respect this roster. Man. Like I know we kind of look at this through a Danny Manny prism. Um, it's sort of a lame duck type of season given the in-coaching change, but this roster is still pretty damn good. Uh, it's one certainly capable of beating or capable of beating Iowa uh, on their home floor. Yeah. I mean, road to Iowa is not as scary. It's, it's just no. not uh, the first match. Also, uh, McCaffrey is a game time decision. Correct. Did we mention that? Okay. Yeah. Which he's, uh, I looked at the on-off splits and he's big for uh, the under, like he, he's obviously not as good of a shooter and defensively he's pretty versatile. So when he's not off or not on the floor, it definitely helps Iowa scoring help makes them a little bit more of an over team. So keep an eye on that one as well. I think Maryland will try to slow it down, make it a half-court game. That's more than Manning uh, prerogative. But without McCaffrey, I would actually lean towards over. Keep an eye on that. All right, Matt, let's get into chat mob questions. It seems like Kai has abandoned us. He's not even hanging out in the chat anymore. Forget him. Sad. Forget him. Uh, all right, let's 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 hit some questions. You can send, dish them to me and take some yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll get it covered. Yeah, let's spoil uh, a late ad best bet. Sorry, Jim, I'm going to put you on the spot here. But it's a best bet of a fellow mobster, Patty Taylor, who is up to seven and one so far. So we appreciate locks via the chat mob forum. He likes ISU Blue, as our esteemed friend on the Twitter sphere, Jordan Majeski calls them. Indiana State laying four, a little back-to-back against the Purple Aces. Embarrassing, I would say, last effort out. They are fully healthy. I think we all agree they smack them in the return trip, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Pat here. I'm with you. I think minus four is a great bet. I'm going one of my best bets here. I have three today. So let's go ISU Blue. I was on them in the first game, Matt. They were 0 for 17 from three. Neither team had an offensive rebound. It was a really weird game. Uh, and afterwards, Shirts, the, the coach of Indiana State, said, I've been coaching for 24 years, and I have never been this disappointed. I think he's going to have them locked in for an immediate rematch. They're laying a, a small number to a not good team that could be shorthanded. I'm with them. Sycamores, minus four. Yep, all the way with you. Uh, just dropping his own best bets as well. He said Maryland is one of his. Uh, also throughout UST Upstate, Jim. Now, I've shirked the extra board. Line open at eight and a half. It's down to seven, seven and a half. What do you think? That line feels about right to me, but situationally, uh, USC Upstate there is kind of like their home run. Let's take on the undefeated team in the conference. So maybe they play up a little bit. And the, the big question is Longwood's lineup. They had some injury yeah. issues last game, and arguably their two best players. So if Hill and Leslie N. Leslie N. <laughs> those guys are both out then I think you probably do have a nice edge there on Upstate. Uh, Eddie Redman asking about um, Georgia State. Why are they favored? Uh, they opened as a short dog. Now they've been bet up to favored. I'll be honest, Ed, I like Georgia State. I think it's a decent spot for them. Um, but I did not take it because the early money beat me to it. So I'm on the sidelines. I do think it's the right side. Are you on this, Jim? I am not. Georgia State drives me nuts watching them play. It is a just a cavalcade of mid-range bad jumpers. The guards are like, it's my turn. It's your turn. It's my turn. And I don't think that's really the best process. Coastal is going to change defenses on them. Uh, numerically, I sort of lean Georgia State because I, I just am sort of waiting on them to get back to their preseason expectations. But I've backed off on backing them. I, I wish you well. Thank you. I will need that uh, good fortune. Tooch, our guy asked about Mercer, VMI. Uh, first game, these two teams played 97 to 91. Defense was highly optional and both teams opted out. Um, so VMI back at home. Um, and VMI is a decent home court 
actually it's kind of goes against what you might think for a team that doesn't draw a huge crowd, but I respect that home court gym. It opened at five. It's been bet down pretty heavily to three. I would endorse Mercer, but can at the current price. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I, what well, I think you, you and Kai had the the Mercer lean here, and I was a little more lukewarm. I haven't been as high on Mercer this year, and Alvarez still not back to full strength. Their point guard situation is not that strong, but they did kind of control that that game against Chattanooga. They did. went to overtime. Should have absolutely won that game. So perhaps they are trending back up, and and I wish you well again. Yeah, Mercer and East Tennessee State to a more severe extreme. Just don't. There's they've Kai. blown Mercer, a lot of leads. Kai says Mercer in the chat. Go Bears! Yay, Kai. We miss you, man. Um, we hope you're doing okay with your technical difficulties. But yeah, Mercer and East Tennessee State in general, I find them slightly undervalued because they do blow lots of leads. But it also makes them not as fun to bet on. So that can be a double-edged sword. Matthew Akers asking about Georgia Southern versus App State. This is Matthias's my best bet of the evening. Currently sitting at six and a half. I bet on App State a lot early in the season, um, found myself frustrated and unimpressed with their defense and their consistency. So I did downgrade them. Sure enough, they've been on a tear lately. However, I think laying a touchdown to Georgia Southern, um, even though they're at home, is a little bit too much. Georgia Southern's solid. I know they have a key injury question mark with Trey Cobbs, who's a vaunted defender, but they're deep. Uh, they're pretty well coached, former Chris Beard assistant. I've been a little bit more impressed with them um, from what I've seen in conference play. I just think it's too many for you know, some belts not like the MAAC with parity and and sort of uh, unpredictability, but it is a league where I think if you're catching too many points, it's a pretty good spot to back dog. So if this one fits into that mold, go Georgia Southern on the road. You said um, that's your best bet, right? Best bet for me. So we've already revealed two of our best bets, and we've also revealed two mobster best bets. So jot them all down, folks. They're flying in hot here. Domehawk asking about Towson versus Bill and Mary, a ultimate cover your eyes bet right jimmy uh not to spoil our takes here but we like the dog and we don't yeah, love it. it just it just feels too high to me i mean almost 20 points it's come down a bit so people are are kind of back in that similar side but gosh towson's been really good I, I it's not really exciting to take a dog against them because they can go nuts from deep when timberlake and gibson are hot they're like i mean they're, they're top level offense in that league i just think it's too many towson's played a bunch of good games lately and yeah well, even Mary's been feisty. They've been much better in league play than they were in non-conference. So it's too many. Yeah, Terry Nolan does return tonight for Towson, so that does concern me. Um, yeah. But Towson has been without him for a while. They've been playing very well. I actually like the angle of betting against key guys returning after a long layoff. They tend to be more they rusty. They to integrate him. Yeah. yeah, and also you probably get an extra point of value for uh, people betting on the injuries. Like, t- again, guys, we said it before, bet against those injury moves. Like Players don't matter. Sorry. After, after the move, of course. After the move. Yeah, wait for the move, of course. Um, cause I did that incorrectly with Richmond. I kind of thought the Oduro news was in the line. It wasn't. And that actually moved to plus three. Uh, so hopefully if anyone followed our best bet last night, you waited all the way till the end. I did not push. big yeah. fat loser for me. Um, Connor Platt asking about Citadel, UNC Greensboro, um, Jim thoughts. I kind of think Greensboro smacks him feels like a men versus the boys type of situation, especially with the way Greensboro has been playing lately. Yeah, I guess they, they have been a little better. I mean, Citadel, uh, Hayden Brown is still maybe a little bit limited. He, he is yep. playing, he is back, but uh, they, they need him full go to compete. And Citadel's defense has been blown away recently. Uh, gave up 102 to Furman, 93 to Samford. Granted, they won the Samford game, but um, I don't know. UNC Greens are going to try to slow it down. I, I got nothing on that one, Matt. I'm sorry. Yeah, nothing either. All right, two for from Ryan and uh, UT Arlington University, Louisiana Monroe. And then Hofstra Drexel. 
I don't really have a hot take on either. I did have a stronger take, I suppose, with Drexel. Jim got made Okros back the last two games. I think the Dragons are trending up. I do lean that way. Uh, any thoughts on either of these two? Wrong. I like Hofstra. Sorry, Matt. Ooh, a little head-to-head here. We Okay. I still think they're a little better. Um, and, and Drexel, I don't know. I, I just I, They don't get me super amped when I watch them. Uh, winter's great, but the supporting cast isn't isn't wonderful. Uh, Hofstra's like, they're, they're playing a little bit better defensively. They're not playing that silly zone. I just don't totally understand their rotation with how Cooks and Ray are coming off the bench and not total key yeah, pieces. That's true. Um, and both of those spreads have not moved. So Monroe Arlington sitting at pick and Hofstra still at minus one. Uh, Hofstra and Monroe at home. Uh, Ryan Abramowitz asking another two for here, Jim. Stephen F. Austin, Chicago State and Cal State Northridge, Cal Poly. Um, I tend to lean Northridge, even though I'm sort of a not a poly guy, but I have back poly a few times this year. So by default, I'm going to call myself a poly guy, but they should not be favored by really any or to anyone in this like conference. Six points. Six. Yeah, it's, maybe it's five and a half. I think it's come down a little bit, but yeah. Northridge has gotten healthier, right? Yeah. So I think Northridge is a pretty felt, good dog bet here. too high. They get Bean. Yeah. Bean's been playing. AEC's back. Lean towards Northridge. Uh, what was the other one? Sorry. Uh, Chicago oh, State. I thought it felt too high. So they're at home. Uh, Stephen F. Austin so traveling to Chicago. Feisty, man. They are feisty. They are feisty, but they do not handle the ball. And we saw them give it away on repeat. Uh, was that at Abilene was, Christian? Yeah, at Abilene. They, they, I think they turned it over like 15 times in the first 15 minutes, but they still came back and nearly yep. won. So, yeah. So I think Boston Curry is your, your concern if you're back in Chicago State. Um, but I think that's a big number. Um, and team that can score. They got, they got some horses this year. It's wild. Uh, last one here, Dom, the dominator. And my last one, I mean, the ones I actually copied down. I apologize. I think I missed like 50. So I apologize. Mobsters again, but Dom wants to talk BYU Loyola Marymount. Um, the battle of two teams that are in complete disarray right now in that sort of context, I tend to like the better coach team, which is Mark Pope and the storm and Mormons. What say you? Yeah, I, I'm at some point, I think BYU has to get back on track. I think the team is too good not to, but man, it's like betting on them right now feels ill-advised. Loyal Marymount hasn't been good either. As you mentioned, their, their identity has completely fallen off the map without Marcuson, the seven, two guy last year that anchored their team. They're small. They don't guard very well this season. So it's, it's a lean towards BYU, but Gary, I'm not betting it. So just so you know, just to, just a lean. Yeah, it's been bet down. Uh, open BYU minus eight, now down to minus seven. That game is at LMU there in the LA area. Just a quick call out. I see Scott talk about this in the chatter. When we say lean, we have not officially bet it, um, but we like that. And Unless I say uh, so. There are sometimes we're like, I'm leaning that way. I have bet this game. And I have bet it. It's probably smaller. Yeah. So let's try and be clarify when we're actually betting it or when we're not. But yeah, typically lean is like, hey, if you guys like a side and you're looking for our endorsement or cosign, then exactly. by all means, pull this, this is an information show. All right, Jim, back to the outline. Another monologue would be much appreciated so I can round up these, uh, the litany of inquiries here. Man, I don't know if I have a monologue about Stanford, Oregon, but I'll see what I can do. Yeah, uh, both teams Go are fight, fighting their way back to the light, trying to get into the bubble picture. Stanford's a little more distant. Their, their net ranking, all, all their analytical ranking is not that great, but their resume metrics, as our bracketology show will tell you, are actually pretty decent. They have them in spitting distance of the field. They have no bad losses. That's very helpful. Uh, head to Oregon, who also has been playing quite well lately. I, I did a, a Bart Torvik filter since like mid-January the other day, I think, and Oregon's like ninth. They've been absolutely crushing teams, been way, way up there. What do we know? Dana Altman surging at the end of the season, not surprising. Uh, Stanford's big edge is their size. That's, that's how they usually attack teams. 
They barrage you on the glass. They defend you with a ton of length. But Oregon shouldn't be totally intimidated by that. They've got a couple centers up front. Their guards are relatively big, especially Will Richardson. He's long. So I'm kind of leaning towards Oregon, Matt, despite looking at this price and kind of feeling sticker shock. Whoa, you have to win by double digits against a decent Stanford team. I, I had a, a lean towards Oregon there. What do you got? Yeah, it does feel a little high. Like I said, sitting at minus eight right now. The total is 140. Um, just as I first looked at this matchup, it seemed like it'd be a lower scoring game and thus made the spread feel a little bit high. But if this does get up and down, um, which Stanford is willing to, to go up and down, I think Oregon can drag them into a, uh, well, I guess pull them into more of an up and down type of pair, which would favor them, especially with the you know more prolific, better, uh, superior talent that are shot making. I think Ducks is the right side, Jim. However, I guess I may be short selling Stanford's bubblicious um well, I guess they're, they're a bubble team, right? We'd, we'd call them just on the outside looking in. Oregon That's or Stanford? Mo- Stanford. Yeah, they're they're a little further from the cut line, but they're okay. at least in the conversation. Like, I guess in the back of my mind, I had them as, you know, very clearly out of the field picture. So maybe that sort of motivational edge is not baked into the line, but that's a stretch. I think Oregon's still the right side. All right, next game, Matt, we got some mid-major battles, some big ones in the mid-major world. Got Grand Canyon headed to Utah Valley. Now, Matt, I just saw the Antelopes live down in Phoenix last weekend. Lopes rising. I don't have a, an in-person scouting report of Utah Valley, Valley, but, man, GCU looked pretty bad that game. And no one was making shots, either team, so I don't want to take too much away from that particular eye test, but they defended well. They, yeah, have, a lot of, they have a lot of size and depth. I mean, it just kind of hit the transfer portal so hard this offseason that Igehan, the the Louisville transfer, barely plays. It's it, he's like their fourth big man. It's wild. Uh, so they've got size, they've got bodies to throw at IMAC inside. I think that's very necessary when you take on Utah Valley. This game's essentially around a pick 'em, indicating yep. Grand Canyon slightly better. I'm with that. I think that's about right. So I don't have a take here, Matt. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think Grand Canyon slightly better, but this is the whack, and Utah Valley plays at altitude. And you have to respect home in this conference. So I think the current number at minus one, minus one and a half is about right. The return of Justin Harmon is a pretty big note for the Wolverines. Uh, they they don't always have consistent inside out balance to complement IMAC with their guard play. Harmon has been kind of a steadying presence along with my guy McClanahan and uh, a couple other solid role players that I'm a fan of in general. The Utah Valley has been very impressed this season. They haven't really regressed as much as I maybe thought they would in conference play. Um, and you're catching Grand Canyon off a hype hype home spot last weekend. I think Utah Valley would be my lean, but like I said, I think the price is pretty sharp. Yeah, I total wise maybe the under, but again, like there could be some upward regression coming from Grand Canyon and their opponents after that just hideous shooting matchup or shooting night on Saturday. All right, next one, Matt Moorhead State at Belmont. I don't know what to do here. At Belmont, I'm like, okay, last game, revenge for the OVC tournament. They're going to be really angry. And they kind of got controlled. I wouldn't say totally dominated, but Moorhead State controlled the game at Moorhead. So there's almost double revenge here at Belmont. It feels like a high, high number for a matchup that seems to play well for yeah. Moorhead, though. So I'm leaning towards Moorhead just because I, I, it's, it's hard to ask Belmont to win by that much after they've lost two in a row against this team. Yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, you can underscore the revenge angle all you want, but I just think we've seen this movie before where the, the matchup is just tough for Belmont to even what with adjustments that, that they can make, even with that revenge momentum on their side, I, that's a big number, not nine to cover against Moorhead. Who's going to not control the pace, but I think deflate it to a much lower 
um, scoring environment than Belmont would probably like. So yeah, I, I do lean Moorhead here. Just the Jonai Broom up front thing is a huge, um, you know, he takes away, not completely takes away, but limits, neutralizes Muzinski. And that just makes Belmont a lot more mortal. It puts more pressure on their guards. You know, Shepard's been an absolute star this year. You know, Murphy's obviously a stud. Luke Smith can shoot the crap out of it, but it just puts a lot more pressure on them uh, to put points on the board. Yeah, I, I think Pat Taylor's got a good point on athleticism. Clearly, Belmont has struggled with that long, this yep. year facing Warren's that. Long too. Uh, Luke Smith is tiny. Like he, he looks he like is. a little kid running out there. And if he's he being is. guarded by a lanky 6'3 wing, he's got a little more issues. I and mean, that's kind of the issue up and down the lineup for them. So uh, as great as Belmont is, as great as their execution is, uh, I do think this is a little big and I like the more athletic team there. Lean towards Moorhead. All right, last one on the outline, Matt, before we get back to chat mob. We're talking your beloved bows heading out to the island. The last game of the night, Hawaii hosting Long Beach State. And Matt, the the first thing you got to look at here is the spot. Long Beach just beat Cal State Fullerton to take sole possession of first on Tuesday. Now, 48 hours later, they're on the island. That is really, really tough travel, really tough turnaround. However, there's a little revenge angle here. Hawaii beat them at Long Beach. The only Big West loss for Long Beach State so far. Do you see the spot playing up better for Hawaii? Or do you think revenge is, is in the offing for beach? I think the revenge thing for the beach was negated by the big one they just got against Fullerton and the fact that Hawaii did lose both of their mainland games last weekend, both in competitive fashion, by the way. I thought that was a very impressive mainland trip. Oh, especially against a very hungry. It was, I mean, because everything that Hawaii they were does is good. in at least one of those games. They, they, right. Well, they did not cover against Riverside, uh, barely did not cover. And then UC Davis was what, like a two-point spread they lost by three. Both were, you know, they played pretty close to Pickham's. Like, they were both very competitive games. Guess who's uh, against them in both, Matthew? Yeah, Jim has, I was going to say, Jim has picked up the potential inflation of Hawaii's price. Like, I love them, but the market seems to have somehow usurped my love for them. And so it's it's tough for me to back them consistently, but this is a night, a spot where I will be backing them. Um, I think Beach has got a little bit overinflated with how they played. Yeah. Their reliance to get out and transition to score, they tend to. It's, I mean, Dan Monson has recruited a pretty good crop of, of dudes this season, um, but it's not a team I trust. And I think Hawaii is a much better coach team. And again, Hawaii at home, uh, playing a team that just has already played two games this week and now has to go to Hawaii. I and mean, that's a tough, tough ask, man. I think Hawaii catches a sleepy and potentially. Um, you know, inconsistent beach team here. Yeah, I, I think Kai said at pre-show beach has covered like nine or 10 in a row, covered 12 of their last 13. Like they have just been absolutely on fire. This feels like the spot that, that it doesn't work out for them. So I'm yep. staying away, Matt, and that's probably because I've been lower on Hawaii, but spot-wise, man, I, I totally agree with the bows. Okay, we got to go back to chat, and I know there are a ton of questions. Again, folks, it's tougher to track without the third guy, so we're doing as best we can. If we miss your question, yeah, give me your break. Apologize, it's nothing personal. Uh, all right, Matt, what do you got for us? Yeah, Scott H. holding back, no punches. You guys ignored my James Madison versus Elon question. Well, hey, Scott, because you whined so emphatically, we will get that first. We the apparently squeaky reward, wheel gets the gets the grease here. That's right. We reward that type of behavior on this program. Um, but JMU, Elon, Jim, I don't really have any hot takes here. I don't trust James Madison anymore because they are down uh, with with Molson going down for the year and Strickland now out. Um, that defense is completely leaky. It's so terrible. They, terrible. They, they can't stop anyone at the rim. I can't believe how bad their two-point percentage defense is. I know they don't have a shot blocker, but at least stop the layup line. Do something about <laughs> that. Uh, so I, I lean towards Elon that both teams do have injury questions or injury concerns. Gillen's Butler for Elon is, is a question mark. 
I think he's important to them, but these teams have felt closer to even to me recently, especially with the way James Madison defends. So I think it's a little bit too high. I almost took the Phoenix, but then I got spooked because I think both these teams can be erratic and I did not bet it. I didn't really think about the total, but it's been bet down four points to 142. Just as I quickly look at that, it feels like both teams can score. Um, but I haven't looked, like I said, delve into the pace component there. So I'm not going to officially endorse that. Just a quick uh, reaction as I scanned out the screen here. Um, a lot of questions, like probably seven or eight, about both Wagner and Bryant, the two top dogs in the NEC. And we are heavily invested on our Seahawks of Wagner, very worried about what they're going to look like without We're Elijah Ford. Long term, not today. Long term, not today. Correct. Just to clarify, we're against them today, but long term, we are hoping they win the conference because we are holding very fat, uh, juicy prices with futures tickets. Um, Jim, pick one of these, break it down. I'll take the other. All right, Matt, I will leave you the Wagner game. Um, Bryant, that's, I'm, I'm very curious how this works out. Charles Pride went absolutely nuts with Peter Kiss out of the lineup. I saw some tweet where uh, people were talking about like, oh, he's probably a top 10 player in the league. And he's like, ain't no way five players better than me. So I'm very <laughs> curious if there's going to be a little uh, clash for, for the alpha role here with Peter Kiss being reintroduced. Um, I think uh, Hall Alicius, the, the big shot blocker, is likely still out. We haven't seen anything official on that. But, man, Bryant's just rolling. Uh, they, they're yep. winning game after game after game. It's a shortish spread. Sacred Heart's not that great. Uh, so I lean towards Bryant. I think they get the win on the road. I actually did bet that one small at minus four and a half. So Wagner, uh, they're hosting Mount St. Mary's. Probably should specify who their opponent actually is. Uh, that game's also at 4 p.m. So kind of an early, awkward time slot. Um, that opened at nine to bet down to seven and a half. So Wagner laying seven and a half against Mount St. Mary's. I find that to be a very, very high number, even at the current price. Um, so, you know, you lost a point and a half of value. I think it's still worth hopping in right now. Um, there's some serious revenge on the minds of Wagner. Mount St. Mary's ended their season last year. Wagner has a long history of coming up short in the NEC tournament. It's kind of a indictment on Bashir Mason's otherwise sterling resume as a coach there. Uh, so I just think that's going to be, fueling them to put the hammer on a little harder than maybe they normally would. But still, I like Mount St. Mary's to cover. I think their size and their confidence is good enough to, to hang with in a possession or two. Yeah, I think they make it tough. Wagner really likes to get to the rim. And this is a team with, like you said, a ton of size, the most size in the league. It's, it's probably the one team you can't get to the rim consistently against, or it's the hardest to do so. Yeah, uh, the, the no forward thing is interesting. Like Price Noel isn't incompetent. This guy's coming from Pacific. He's a decent forward. It's just a different, I loved him at Pacific. They have to loved figure out a Pacific. different structure for their offense yep. with him in there. Yeah, um, uh, I loved him. Sorry, coming out of high school, he was like one of my favorite like un, unsung prospects. So I'm glad he's kind of getting his moment in the sun now. Uh, Josh asking about Old Dominion, Middle Tennessee. Um, Old Dominion just got the hurt put on them by Florida Atlantic, but that's been a common occurrence for Florida Atlantic opponents this season. So I don't want to. Um, tarnish what ODU's done this year, but I think five's pretty high. They're catching five at Middle Tennessee, Jim. What are you looking at here? I sort of like the under. Uh, the, the number felt right. Middle Tennessee's been okay. awesome against the number this year. Yes. So uh, it's not a team I'm really in any rush to fade, especially with the way Old Dominion played last game. Uh, so I don't know. A little bit, yeah, towards the under. I think ODU wants to slow it down. Middle Tennessee can play fast, but I think they can be a pace taker at times, Matthew. So yep, I'm hoping fair. that this is a half court crawl type of game. Uh, next one. This one is just like, it. it's just a, a bait, a, a hook, line, and sinker is about ready to get me here. I am dying to bet Arkansas plus three at Troy, but Arkansas State. Tr 
Arkansas State. Sorry, yeah, that would be a pretty awesome line if I get Arkansas plus three at Troy. <laughs> yes, it would. But uh, but Scott Cross has done worked miracles. At, you know, coming back to the Sun Belt after his oust at um, conference rival UT Arlington, Arkansas State's the more talented team, Jim. But all Troy has done is played solid, good basketball, stingy defense. And at some point, you have to respect what they've done. So I'm going to stay away. I think Arkansas State's the right side here. I think for the better team. But again, Troy's just been really good. Yeah, I don't have a side at all in this game, Matt. Uh, I am on the total. I am on the over. Over, I think there's yeah. going to be points uh, up and down. Arkansas State is, is kind of an over team to me. I think they like to run. Uh, so that's that's the lean. But yeah, I don't know. Not, nothing strong. Staying in the Sun Belt, um, how are we asking about our Cajuns? The Ragens. Big game tonight. They are hosting. Um, who are they hosting? I'm already blanking. Texas State. That's right. Yeah. It opened at minus one. UL Lafayette. Now it's up to minus one and a half, minus two. Texas State's solid. It seems like a team that I've tended to disrespect the last two seasons in general, but Lafayette's good, man. They're getting healthier. They've had all of their horses in the last two games. Hard team to trust. They don't turn the or they don't protect the ball very well, but they can defend. I think they get this one tonight at home. Yeah, so I, I don't have a strong one here. Um, Texas State, like you said, team I haven't probably respected enough. They've been awesome in Sunbelt play. So uh, scared, staying away. Matt, let's go rapid fire for whatever yep. we got left here. We got 1237. So Fondell, he's going as by South Dakota State at Denver, New Mexico State at Dixie, and UT Rio Grand Valley at Seattle. Jim, any of those pop into you? Uh, I think on our Saturday action show, Stucky pointed out how good Denver's been as a home team. They've got yeah. one of the best home con- uh, ATS records out there. Uh, so a little bit scared, staying away from South Dakota State there. I do think they're far superior, but not betting that one. Uh, the one I like most of this this group, Matt, is the over in New Mexico State, Dixie State. I think that ends up being a track meet. Mm. New Mexico State's played a lot faster, especially in conference play. I've had a couple winners on their overs. And Dixie State certainly wants to run, run, run. So that would be, uh, of those three games, my favorite bet. Do you have anything on Seattle, Rio Grande? Yeah, they're all, I kind of like the over in all of them, actually. Uh, two of these are in the mid 150s. So it seems like a spinny, uh, overly obvious type of play, but just the way Rio Grande or UT Rio Grande Valley refuses to defend. And I've seen Seattle put mega bursts on teams. Yeah. And then going back to the Denver South Dakota State team or South Dakota State matchup, the Denver's playing a little faster this year, too. And they got some dudes who can score it. And we know the Jack Bunnies like to take defensive possessions off uh, pretty frequently. So. I would be laying the over maybe in all three. Um, scrolling through the chat here. Did we talk about Louisiana Tech and Charlotte 3MW top 10 fan? We did not, Jim. Uh, what do you think about Junior Lofton and your boys taking on Charles? Charlotte's playing really well lately. They've mm-hmm. kind of been a fun team for me to back. Uh, these are two that I'm high on, so I don't actually have a side because I think I'm above the market on both, which just makes me right level with the market for the, the combination of them. I think this is a little bit of an under game, though. Louisiana Tech played a track meet last time out, burned me on the under. Charlotte, definitely a team that prefers to play in the half court. I think we get a little bit slower matchup here. Uh, Charlotte, knowing that they're actually playing a team that's slightly better than them, I think they're more likely to play slow and try to control the tempo. Yeah, it's been bet down 145 to 141. So I think the market is uh, picking up what you're putting down, Jimbo. Um, Matthew Akers, does South Dakota roll... Omaha, Omaha, as we call them, Jim, because they've been much better at home. I don't like betting Omaha, Matt. I'm on it small, and it made me want to puke. I have not been doing well with home dogs over the past two or so weeks, even though I think they've been solid in general. I've just been picking the wrong ones. Uh, so I'm nervous here. South Dakota's got they got Xavier Fuller back. I thought maybe that would hurt them, but they uh, took a big lead at North Dakota State before blowing it. 
nothing for me there. Oh, I guess like I said I have small, Omaha small, but not something I want to endorse to the chat mob. That's we'll put it that way. All right. Well, you you can be a pansy. I'm going to endorse it. This is one of my favorite bets today. Um, I know people think they stink, but you look at their home effort so far in conference play. They beat Western Illinois at home, beat North Dakota at home, um, lost by four to North Dakota State at home, uh, lost by nine to South Dakota State. Oral Roberts, they lost by 12, but it was competitive. It was a good effort. And they beat UMKC. So, like, they really haven't played any bad games at home. And they're catching seven and a half against South Dakota, or what, six and a half against South Dakota, who I think is overrated still. Sorry, Coyotes, but that's where I'm at. So, Omaha, right? It's um, looking at a few others. Kai trying to do my, he's a six and four against the spread at home. Kai, I want you to isolate conference games, please. And we'll get back to me on that stat. <laughs> Jim, a few extra leans. Um, Kai saying he likes Texas A&M Corpus Christi at New Orleans. Any takes there? I guess I yep, like the privateers, actually. You do? I okay. think they're, I like they're that. pretty good as an underdog. I, I want to say they're one of the best underdog ATS teams. I can get you that stat in a second. Um, but I also kind of like the over. I think that's track meet. That one gets up and down. Uh, I, I, the Islanders have been solid, man. I, I like what Lutz has done there. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, they're six and one against the spread as an underdog this year. I like. Okay. I think they're good. I buy that. Uh, Josh Garrett asking about San Diego. They are playing St. Mary's. It's opened at fifteen and a half. Got bet down to minus fourteen. A lot of these St. Mary's prices look high, but I'm telling you, this seems legit. And I know San Diego is a very formidable opponent. I would not be fading St. Mary's under any circumstances. However, I think I lean San Diego, Jim. Yeah, it's a big number, San man. Diego, but uh, Matt, I, I just keep betting St. Mary's unders and getting burned, burned, burned. So this one's been bet up three points today. Open one twenty six, now at one twenty nine. Yeah, I mean they're just yeah. scoring. They last game they it went over by a point against Loyola Marymount. So it's not like I'm missing big, but uh, I've been getting cooked. I, I, I actually kind of hope it's a blowout for my under. I hope it's like eighty to forty. <laughs> Let's get one or two more if you see any in the chat popping. So Simo, um, somebody asked about Simo. Oh, Simo, good call. Taking on Austin P. Actually, that's going to be coming in best bets, I believe. It is best bet, right? Yeah. Um, that Mr. McEwen's best That's on the list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll holster it then. Uh, Gonzaga first half from Fat J. I mean, I, let's not overthink that one. Sure. Why not? Pacific coming off that stupid yeah, game nice at USC, but a hell of an effort. Yeah. They're up at half and took USC nearly to the wire. So now they travel up to the Pac Northwest, take on the big bad Gonzaga Bulldogs. The first half is what? I think like 20. Land 20, I would take Gonzaga. You know I what else I like, man? Demolition. I like the first half over. Um, and I will just mm, give okay. it away now. One of my best bets is the Gonzaga over. Full game. Um, I think first half overs are best with Gonzaga because they're just going, going, going. And by the time second half rolls around, they're usually up so big that the last seven minutes don't have much scoring. So although my best bet is the full game over, I also kind of think the first half over is intriguing. Kai likes Pacific plus 3-3. Wow. 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 I don't know if I buy that. All right, Jim, two more here. Um, Montana State, they are hosting Portland State. Line open minus 10 and a half, got bet down to minus nine. Portland State's been really feisty lately. Uh, I got Damian Squire back. They've had some decent talent. You look at that roster, like the transfer collection is pretty decent, but Montana State, Danny Sprinkle, feisty at home, great defensively. I think the price is about right. So nothing for me here. I mean, I don't know how many good games both these teams can play in a row. Montana State, especially. Yeah. They've won nine in a row in league play. Uh, some of the bigger efforts, too. Like they beat Weber State at Weber State. I thought it was going to be a letdown at Idaho State, and they crushed Idaho State after that. Uh, but Portland State, that, yeah, they, they had the overtime loss in Southern Utah. Then they've won four in a row. I think they're actually pretty legit. Now they've got Squire and they're pressing more. They, they seem to have found their identity. Uh, last one. Let's talk Pepperdine San Fran. Our Dons, man, 
what are we doing? Fellas, we can't lose to Portland. I know Portland's good this year, and we love Legans and love what that program is headed, but now they're only 18 and home to Pepperdine. Um, so yeah, you can make the angry case, the coaching advantage case. You can make a lot of cases in favor of the Dons. I think 18 and a half is a big old number, though, so I'm probably not going to take it. Yeah, it's big, but man, if if San Francisco's up, what, 15? I think they're going to try to win by 30, Matt. They got they know what the uh, the loss to, to Portland did to their analytical rankings, and those are on the team yes. sheet. Yep. That team is smart. They're aware of what that is. If they can win by 50, they're going to try. Yeah, I and mean, BYU applies at LMU too. So if BYU's got LMU on the ropes, or you know, basically got them beat, they're going to continue to step on the step on the pedal there. So Matt's um, the sun peeking in. You, you got a little glow to you. Now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's coming right there. We got, uh, <laughs> I need to. My blinds are drawn, Jimmy, or they, yeah. they need to be drawn. I guess. Yeah. Next, um, next hey, good morning. timing though. Twelve forty-four. Let's. Yeah. Uh, we're let's about hit, to get best bets, and we'll sign it off. Who's doing let's first? Do let's hit best bets first. Is supposed to be Kai. Uh, I've got three best bets, so I'm gonna let you give Kai's. Uh, well, I forgot what Kai's is. Let's look at the list here. The SEMO Austin P. Under. I don't have a good rationale for him. Give me a number. I think it's 143, 142. Uh, I, yeah, I don't actually have a number. I'm going to get it. I think the rationale is that Austin P has been playing a lot slower lately. They have been definitely an under team. SEMO also played pretty slow last game against SIUE. They were missing four of their top seven rotation guys due to COVID protocol. They right, could still yeah. be out. That's another, okay. another big one for the under. Uh, Kai saying 141 in the chat is his best bet. I hope I'm nailing the reasoning. There it is. Austin P, eight straight unders. Eight straight unders. Thank you, Kai, for Johnny on the spot with the rationale. I'll be honest. I had SEMO overs as an auto bet for me as recently as three weeks ago, but the fact that they have so many dudes out and a lot of those over games where they were scoring like a combined 200 points, they were losing badly. So it makes sense that they've made a slight correction to how they're uh, approaching basketball. Um all right, my best bet, just to reiterate, Georgia Southern catching six and a half at App State, Appetizer State, as I used to call them. Um, just think it's too many points, plain and simple. Well-coached team, again, Sunbelt with uh, this point in the season feels a lot like the MAAC, where the road teams catching six, seven, and above um, feel like they're going to be pretty good bets, just, again, in a blanket nutshell. That's all I got. Jim, Hamram, you got three. Carry us today. Yep, got three. Already gave, I guess, two of them away. Indiana State, along with Pat Taylor, I'm with him. I think that's a great bet getting Evansville second game in like three or four days that they're playing each other. They're not going over 17 from deep again. It's just not happening. Uh, laying a shorter number on the road. I like them there. Uh, Pacific and Gonzaga over 154 and a half. That was the second one. I think that's track meet. Gonzaga's possession counts have been just insane in league play. And while their defense has been outstanding, Pacific did just see USC. So it's not like they're totally going to be intimidated by the size. As long as they hit a few jumpers, I think that over gets there. And the last one is North Dakota State. Last I saw it was plus two. They are heading to Western Illinois, a team Matt, that I think has trended down a little bit in league play. And North Dakota State, I'm stubbornly betting them almost every game. I just think my rating is well above where the market has 100%. them. Uh, lockstep with you. Greasel's been fantastic. They've struggled to cover some spreads at home as a favorite. They have won those games outright, but haven't covered a bigger number. This one, they've just got to win against Western Illinois. I'm happy with that. I don't give Western Illinois much credit for home. Macomb, I've been there. It is not much of a, a big home venue. I have not great. Uh, not, have you been to the actual gym? Just driven through the town, Jim. Um, okay. So the gym stuck out like a sore thumb because not a lot in the town in general. So yeah, I did not I, go inside though. I attended a game there. So uh, I, I can speak to that. I think North Dakota State's got the edge. That's it. North Dakota State plus three, Indiana State minus four, Pacific Gonzaga over 154 and a half. That's all our best bets. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. 
we're sorry that we had to sacrifice Kai to the gambling gods to hopefully get some victories, but you a know, worthwhile price, the iron price to pay. Yep. yep. For winners. Uh, this is good practice for two man, Matt, since you're going to be missing a show sometime in the next week or two for big travel. So yeah, the we'll next two Mondays I am, uh, I'll be a game time decision. So I, I like to kind of keep it sort of up in the air so people can, good. you know, on pins and needles, the suspense will build. Monday's a good one to miss smaller slate. We can handle the chat. Yeah, questions. exactly. You guys don't need me. You don't need me. Yeah. All right. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Zach behind the scenes for dealing with the ins and outs of uh, the chat mob there and, and of, of Kai going in and out uh, that thank you to bet rivers. Thank you to field 68. We'll be back again on Saturday at 1115 AM Eastern. We'll see you then.